From the Shepherd House International in Georgetown, Guyana, Bishop Victor Connors Asabre, anointed by God, will inspire you with rare and down-to-earth but provoking teachings from the Word of God to love the Lord deeply and to devote yourself to His work. Discover how God can change your life and ministry forever. Now, here is Bishop Collins. Hallelujah. <laughs> Wonderful. Father, thank you for this session. Speak to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. God bless you. <laughs> yeah. By the grace of God, I'm blessed with singers from the scheme. <laughs> The steam makes or produces great people. <laughs> it's prophetic. Where's Gigi? He's from the scheme too. I hear you sing bad. <laughs> All right, so the Macarius is on sale if you've not bought um, the Macarius yet, you've, you've missed the conference. If I, because all that I'm sharing are things I've heard, I've used, and we have them. You saw the ministry of Dagwood Mills. You saw it. <laughs> Wonderful man of God. The, even the books. You see, was it some who understand more what it means to write a book? and translate it into how many languages and then how many million copies published. He will understand it better than all of you who have not written books before. <laughs> it is an achievement. Yeah, because sometimes when you are writing a book, you don't even know whether people will read it. You can, you, you, you can, you can, you can, you know, Joey, are you there? Yeah, are you playing the bass guitar? Are you the one playing the bass? Yeah, I think you should come and sit. Come and sit next to the bass guitar. Come. I need you to play the bass when I'm preaching. <laughs> come with your, your lady's handbag. <laughs> you please something. So one of the books in the Macarius is the Mega Church. If you know that girl Mills, you must and you should hear about the desire to have a mega church. The country is just about 750,000 people. And so um, we can probably have churches of 3,000 members, 4,000 members. But at least you can have 500 members. You can have 800 members. You can probably have 1,000 members. Because I want to have not less than 1,000 here. We'll collect from all over the place and bring them here. 1,000. You get it. And a mega church is just a way of God saying that heaven has more space and that people should not go to hell and that they should be saved and they should become disciples, they should be planted in the church. And so every man of God must desire to have a large church. And you must always challenge yourself, you know, to go further and do better. Um, he has taught us, his children, to always try and arrange a little more chairs than necessary. So that when you see the chairs are empty, 
it will provoke you. You measure yourself. When I see, when I compare yesterday to today, as much as this is like half of yesterday, and that um, yesterday was a holiday, and Christians like uh, what uh, convenient things, it is also an encouragement to press on next time for more participation. Are you being? It is the first time, so we will, we will analyze it. We we'll do our homework. And then try and provoke people to come to conferences when they are working. You see, our church members are not used to that. We don't rule them. Yeah. So they don't know that they have to take a day off and come to, come to church. They are even wondering why church from the morning to the evening. It's very, very strange to many people. Are you with me? Are you there? It's beautiful. So as you are, you are a pastor and you are a shepherd... Your desire must be that with the two girl ship and two boy ship you have, in five years' time, you should become 500 girl and boy ship and children. If you start a church and you don't plan for the church to do well, you are not serious. In Luke chapter 14, verse 23, God, the Bible, Jesus spoke about the parable of a, a rich man who had a dinner. He said that you should go and bring everybody on the roadside. Bring them in. This is a book that will help you. Many people are satisfied with small churches. But don't be somebody like that. I don't want to stay, sit with a, a small church alone. When you see the crowds that my father is having, at least I should have a percentage of it also. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> my father like son. Is that what it is? Yeah. So this book will bless you. Make sure you have the Macarius. Otherwise, I think there are some packages, a church growth series, pastoral series, shepherding series, that are available that will be a blessing uh, to you. Um, one of the things I'm going to talk about tomorrow is the anointing. I can't have a conference and not talk about anointing. <laughs> yeah, no, it, 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 it's, it's sinful to not talk about anointing in a conference. <laughs> because it's never going to be by power or by might. It is always by His Spirit. Steps to the anointing. If you want the anointing and steps to it, you will learn tomorrow that you must be anointed. Church is not by certificate. Church is not by speaking good English. I have seen people who don't speak good English and they are anointed. A pastor, I heard a testimony of a pastor who, um, in the process of getting saved, he went to a church. And he was so offended because the, pastor, the pastor's English was bad, very bad. He said, why do you invite me to such a church where the pastor doesn't speak good English? But as he went, he went, he got used to the ministry. One day the pastor laid his hands on him. He said he was so embarrassed because he fell down and he was down for hours. <laughs> the same man who doesn't speak good English, when he laid his hands on him with all his mouth and all his pride, he fell down and he said he was there for hours in, in dust. Because he said the church was, they, they had not done the floor yet. He was fighting God when, when God was calling him. He said he was there for hours. When he got up, he saw where he was lying. He was very embarrassed. <laughs> Do you need anointing? I tell you. Are you there? Wonderful. And then, where the conference name came from, amplify your ministry with miracles and manifestations of the Holy Spirit. If you are a pastor, you are a minister, and there's no miracle in your church, you will, your ministry will not be amplified. 
Jesus didn't come and just preach and teach. He also healed people. He also cast out devils. He also, you know, healed the blind. So in your ministry, you must believe God that you preach, you teach, you prophesy, you plant churches, but also you lift up your hand and, the, and those who are sick will be healed. Are you with me? Without the healing part or supernatural part of your ministry, you, you will just be like a lecturer. A lecturer at the university. Because you talk and there's no demonstration of power. First Corinthians chapter 4 verse 20 says that the kingdom of God is not only in word but also in power. And so there must be a power dimension to whatever you do. Healings must take place in your ministry. You see that it will bring more people to your ministry. Because people like miracles. Even Jesus, they told Jesus, show us a sign, show us a, a sign. Jesus said, it's a wicked and adulterous generation that seeketh a sign. All right? Um, and then the last book I want to, you know, introduce to you before we continue is um, the book on tithing. You must harass your church members to pay tithe. Ladies and gentlemen, the church is very poor. It's true. If you go deep into churches, you see that most of the money used in the church comes from the pastor and his wife. Should I say it again? What I'm saying is blessing people and is helping people, so I'll say it. Is there somebody called Yvonne or Yvette here? I asked for that person yesterday. Is there anybody here like that? Bobs, maybe you have to go through your registration list and, and find if anybody registered called Yvette or Yvonne. Yvonne, Yvonne or Yvette. And do you remember the name I mentioned last, last, yesterday too? Steve. So, Reverend Ralph heard me and he knows a pastor who registered and invited and didn't come yesterday called Steve. So he went to look for him this morning and he brought him. Pastor Steve, can you please stand? Right there. Why don't you put your hands together for him as Pastor Steve from Sophia. <laughs> yeah. So I've been looking for Yvonne or Yvette. It's a lady who God is drawing to this ministry called Yvonne or Yvette. God wants to do something for you. So if it's not today or tonight, I'm sure tomorrow the angels will arrest her and bring her. Like an angel went to bring Pastor Steve. <laughs> Isn't that fantastic? Yeah. Prophetic. You need this book to have money. Pastors, don't be afraid of money in the church. People will say all kinds of things when we talk about money. But without money, you can't do ministry. And God has established in the church that everybody who can and should, and many people can, that they should honor the Lord with their substance and the first fruits of their increase. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 9.
Yonet, is that Yonet? Yonet? Yonet, you are Yonet. I see. That, is that um, Joseph? Oh, so I see Yvonne, Yvette, but it's Yonet rather. I met her yesterday. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's Yonet. There's another Yonet who came yesterday. That's the pastor's wife. Okay, there's a question I have to ask. I don't know which unit is, that, is it. <laughs> yeah, that will separate the sheep from the goats. <laughs> yeah, it's Jeanette. There was a Jeanette that came yesterday too. Okay, okay. All right. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. First fruits is another word for tithe. Tithe. Honor the Lord with your tithe. And the Bible says in verse 10 that then shall your barns be filled with plenty and thy presses will burst out with new wine. Tithing is God's covenant towards us for prosperity. And anybody who doesn't tithe is not blessed, it's cursed. Malachi says it. That because you don't bring the tithe, he said, you are cursed with a curse. And so a good pastor should not pastor cursed people. And so make sure that all your members pay tithe. Now, practically, how do you do it? Because in my experience in Guyana, you know, Apostle, I was talking to Apostle Samuels after uh, the first session. He was telling me that all the things I'm saying is true. In Guyana, all the things I'm saying about Guyana churches is true. He, that's what he told me. He said, what I'm saying is true. Everything I'm saying is true. He said, Guyana, we do church different. It's true what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad he told me it's true. <laughs> because you don't come and tell me it's true because you, are, you don't want me to know that it's true. Yeah, I know it's true. I've been to so many funerals, so many churches. They don't do altar calls. They don't say, if you want to give your life to Christ, lift up your hand, I want to pray for you. I was at the funeral just the other day. The pastor preached powerfully. Powerful. Where would you spend eternity? It was very evangelistic. But I was waiting for him at the end. At the end, he says, you have to think about where you spend eternity. And that's it. You see that it's not practical because if I want to spend eternity in heaven, what should I do? So the minister missed the point of, he, he took the horse to the river, but he couldn't get the horse to drink the water. And for 16 years that I've been here, every pastor who preaches salvation message ends like that. It's not practical. You have to end by, every sermon, I was taught by my father, every Sunday you have to ask, if you are here you want to give your life to Christ, lift up your hand. That's a practical way of doing it. When you lift up your hand, come to the front. Say with me, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me with your blood. Make me whole again. I believe I am born again in Jesus' name. Amen. It is because we have, we have followed a demonic doctrine of baptism equal to born again. That's why we don't do altar calls. It's, it is a foundational error that baptism is the same as being born again. 
Otherwise, Jesus will not tell Nicodemus that he must be born again. Because as a Jewish leader, he must have gone through all the precepts and the things that qualifies him to be where he was sitting. Because of that, we don't practically lead people to where they must go to. If you are here, you have to revise your doctrine if born again for you is baptism. Jesus didn't say, except a man be born of water. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever is baptized should not perish but have everlasting life. Whosoever believes it is with a heart you believe and with your mouth confession is made unto salvation. There's nothing about baptism there. You see, when you bring baptism inside, you are trying to be a Muslim guy. They are the ones who look at washing of body and then it is equal to sanctification. Then I don't have to baptize. When I bath every day, I'm sanctified. Because it's just water. It is the blood that washes what water cannot wash away. I said, it is the blood that washes what water cannot wash away. So revise your foundational principles in your church. That is why the churches are powerless. People are not baptized in the Holy Ghost. That's why the churches don't grow. Because what has to happen, the first principles of salvation, people don't know how to lead people into it. Except the man be born again. Your, 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 your argument will be, Jesus said that you must be born of, of the water and of the word. Take me there, John chapter 3. We're born of the, it's this book I'm talking about, but I'm coming around to come to it, right? <laughs> we just introducing one book and I'll continue. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's our conference. Yeah. He said, except a man be born of water and of the spirit. The water there is not the Marara River. I don't understand why Jesus would tell us such a wrong teaching that water makes you born again. Water is symbolic of the word of God. Yeah. Yeah. Paul said, I planted Apollos water. What is watering? It's a preaching. Jesus said, now you are whole because of the word. You are clean because of the word I've spoken to you. It's like you've been washed clean because of the word. You get born again by hearing the word and then spiritual regeneration. Not physical water out there in the trench. I can bring up Matthew chapter 16 also if that's your argument. He that believeth and is baptized will be saved. Okay, so when I believe and I'm not baptized, am I not saved? If I believe today and I die today, what happened to me? I go to hell? That's why you are not God. Baptism is just to fulfill all righteousness. It is just like you live with a woman and you have to make things right. Consummation has already happened. You are already entering into places you are not supposed to enter. You've already gone there. So what is, 
it's, it's left it, to make it official and proper. Baptism only identifies you with the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. He says that if we claim that we walk in him, first John 2 20 says, if we claim that we walk in him, let us also walk the same way he walked. That's why we get we get baptized. But to be born, to be a bona fide Christian, it's a spiritual event that physical water has nothing to do with. Are you with me? So whenever you preach in a church, whether your message is salvation or not, at the end of the service, man of God, you have to say, if you want to give your heart to Jesus Christ, lift up your hand. You have to practically lead the people to be saved. You don't have to do a crusade for people to be saved. What about the people who come to your church who are not saved? I'm telling you what I expect. Apostle Samuel confirmed what I'm saying. Even if you don't believe me, I have confirmation. He said, Bishop, everything you are saying is true. God always do church anyhow. It's true. Yeah. So, and that's what I'm saying that if you can learn some things that you are seeing here, it will, at least it will make your church go a little a step higher. I've been around when people are sharing food. They don't care who you are. You come and put the food in your hands. I've been to places where people are coming to put food in my hand and then my assistants will take it away from them. I'm sure they don't understand. Because you guys pass me to put food in my hands. That's not how to treat a man of God. You want to give me food? Set a table, put it on, dress the table, put everything, and invite me to come and sit down. Is that, is that how you behave in your house? You just give food into your husband's hands? Is that how you behave? You need correction. You need the rod of correction. So if you see, as much as, as, much as we don't have a state-of-the-art facility, we separate the pastors. We're not putting food in the hands of pastors. That's disrespectful. We take them away there and we try and find people. They should pray that I don't hear a complaint from the pastors. It will be a whole correction meeting tonight. <laughs> how can you go to Star Fellowship and don't know how to treat pastors? How can you go to Star Fellowship and you don't know how to preach pastors? How? <laughs> how? <laughs> Three times a year, three years, every year, staff fellowship. I kind of know how to treat pastors. Yeah, we didn't go to Bible school. So, 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 so learn, learn, learn that. Learn that. When pastors come around, they come to your church to minister. Don't just let people go and put drinks in their hands. It's not respectful. And you don't allow that. Take them somewhere. Let them sit down. If they're in a hurry, then maybe you package it and then you, you give it to somebody who is with the pastor and say, you know what? Please, if you can. Never put food in the hand of a pastor. You have devils. <laughs> hold this, hold this Man of God, hold this After preaching a powerful message Is that how to treat me? Hold this In a black plastic bag, a black plastic bag. Yeah. Yeah. 
the blood of Jesus. Yes, Though we have to learn how to treat the servants of God. We will never go high when men of God and women of God are treated anyhow. So in your church, create a place to sit pastors and welcome them. Sit them down. Give them some water to drink. So that water won't come in the church. Water is done in another space. Not in the church. Because if you see me, I've preaching water, I've not drunk water. How can you be sitting there and you'll be looking for water? You and me who should drink water. <laughs> I mean you and me who should drink water. Some small water, I can't wait until the session is over. No, I am matured. You see, nobody comes to sleep any water. Yeah. Because I'm healthy. I'm strong. I'm anointed. I'm anointed. I said I'm anointed. <laughs> I don't need water. Yeah, I don't need water. Now. Oil, yeah, I don't need water. So water, unless the person needs water, that's fine. I was in a church the other day, and um, the the pastor is a, is a lady. It's a lady pastor. The husband is very nice and supportive. So there was a woman who was who was preaching, and um, the woman, the female pastor, the pastor of the church, told the husband to go in. Fetch water and put it on the pulpit for the woman. My people who understand what I preach about, they say, <laughs> as I've been teaching them, one of my lady pastors saw a lady in town on a motorbike and the fellow husband behind her. She took a picture of her and she sent it to me. He said, Bishop, look. <laughs> I said, that's a molested man, a man who's molested. <laughs> As she was taking the picture, they were smiling. I said, if only you know. <laughs> if only you know why they are taking a picture of you. You can't even ride a motorbike. A, motorbike. a woman is riding and you are sitting behind it. And you skinning your teeth. Something wrong with you. <laughs> you holding the lady? It's romantic. Okay, all right. <laughs> Yeah. So we try, we try to do it. If we were finished, the pastors, you will see them going to a washroom. And we try to do that. We try to do it. We try to. They have a washroom over there. You can't see pastor going to the washroom. It's not nice. Ah. If, if, if it's closed and pastor fat in the bathroom, you know, you know, you know. Hey, man of God to his fat. What? He's farting on. Pastor taking too long in the washroom. Pastor, hurry up. Who who they in there? Who they in there? Pastor? How you could be pastor in there so long? (laughs) What are you doing so long? (laughs) He's praying, he's praying. So as much as we don't have the, the project completed, we try to 
even a pastor eating, you shouldn't want to see a pastor eating. You want to see me eating? You will not respect me again. Well, he licorice bad. Look. He shined a plate. <laughs> you see? That's how you see me. You don't see me as a man of God, or you see me as somebody who shined the plate. So, pastors will not sit down and eat with you. Will go somewhere and eat there. As far we are all pastors, we will lick the spoon and shine the plate. All of us are men of God, so it's okay. But for church members to see that we are shining the plate, no, 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 no. Pastors must be preserved and be respected and be honored. So we took our pastors into the, uh, a little closer to the forest. The only reason is that we don't want people to see what you are doing. It's a lesson. It's something you can learn in your church. Because I, I, I can't come to your church and eat in the hall. That's the, that's the sanctuary. I can't eat there. It's not a good place to eat. That's the house of God. He learned something. How did he go into all of this? It's tithing. Ah, yeah. I just say a little altar call. So practically, you can preach a powerful message and not practically lead the people to be saved. In the same way, we tell people to pay tithe, but how do we know? You have to have systems in your church where the treasurers always will record people who have paid tithe and send you the pastor a report every month. I get a lot of Excel sheets with information every month as a bishop. From Trinidad, from here, from that country, I see the attendance, I see their income, I see the messages they are preaching. The message you preach, you must record it. If you're talking stupidness, I call you. <laughs> As well, stupidness you're preaching, you're preaching St. Vincent. <laughs> Aaron's beard? What kind of message is Aaron's beard? <laughs> <laughs> there was no service we, we were praying who told you Sunday morning we pray that is a correction in the oversight I have so every month I get excel sheets I do finance I do accounting I do law I do construction I do so many things but, so if you are going to find how many people pay tight you can only record if you don't record it will be like you are speaking into the air. And it's not practical. So your church is 100 people. You know your church. Even 100 people, every Sunday you should count. Every Sunday, count the number of people. Get somebody, a lady or a guy, a guy who doesn't sleep. Okay. Let them stand the ashes. Let them count everybody at the end of the service. Sunday, 26 February, attendance, 20. You say, write it down. Wednesday Bible study attendance, five. Write it down. Every day of the week, you write it down. You write it down. At the end of the month, you send it to your pastor in an Excel sheet or even in a WhatsApp template. But what we do is that I get an Excel sheet and I see charts, upward trend, downward trend, erratic trend, static trend. You have to study the trend and give a name to it. When your attendance is erratic, like an ECG, then the pastor has to be called for a meeting. Do, why don't you see that your church is 25, 20, 8, 21, 2? 
Why? What is, what, what, what is happening in your church? What, what's happening? Who is giving problems in the church? Who is, what are you preaching? That is how we manage and oversee our churches. And so I know how many people pay tithe in the church I pastor. As against how many people come to church. So if I see that 200 people come to church but only 50 pay tithe, I have 150 people who are thieves. And therefore, I have to summon them to court, magistrate court number four. And find out why they are not paying tithe. Why their, their records are not, uh, uh, their names are not showing up. And then you correct that error. Practically correct and help them become tithe payers. Your church will become richer. Your church will become richer. Your church will become richer. God has given the tithe to the church. If you don't monetize it, you are not being diligent to know the state of your church. You will never be rich. Now, not even tithe. When I started a church, when it's my birthday, I get an offering. I started from, let's say, about 20,000 or 10,000 offering. Now, I won't tell you what I get on my birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Should I say that? Should I say it? <laughs> I have 13 branches within this cathedral. 13 branches within this. This church is broken up into 13 pieces. I have a pastor over every branch. I have branches in the Sikibu. Georgetown. Professor is in Georgetown. So, when is my birthday? Professor is coming. You think Professor will come with small money? Ah. Yeah, no, 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 no. And then I have all my church members. When is my birthday? They bring me offering. You think about it. When I started the church and we were 10, 8, and I was getting 5,000 for my birthday. You think I get 5,000 still? Why you laugh. <laughs> it's, it's very powerful. And so, as your church grows and tithe is a principle in the church, and you receive the tithing, you see that the church's money will become more. It won't be easy to buy a land. It won't be difficult to buy a land. It won't be difficult to buy a keyboard. It won't be difficult to buy things because the tithe is there. And then now, you now, the pastor, have to manage it properly. What to use it for. But this is what God has given to us for the people to be blessed and for the church also to move forward in prosperity. If you don't monitor your tithe paying in the church, your church will remain a poor church. I've never seen a church in Guyana do anything big. Tell me, and I'll answer. Nothing. I've seen C.C. Winans come. I've seen Israel Houghton come. McDowell come? Uh, uh, what? Uh, uh, uh. So is it uh, uh, some to- cops or tops or what's this people? Tasha, I don't know whether they came in. But all the American musicians who have come into the country, it is Yog Mahadio who brought them. Yeah, the former CEO of GTNT, the guy with the ponytail. He's the one who brings Christian musicians and charge a gate fee to offset his cost. 
The church is so poor, we can't bring CC Winans for a concert. And then we like concert more than preaching. Since I came here, I've never seen anybody bring a big man of God but concert people. Guyanese, Caribbean, like whining and, and, and backballing and all of that. So everything is music. You hardly hear preaching. People go to a concert for hours, but won't come for preaching for hours. Concert doesn't save people. It's preaching that saves people. <laughs> I'm instructing. Mm-hmm. I've seen it. I've seen all these people come. I've never seen a major man of God. They are, they are around here. Right in our neighborhood, North America. If we really love preaching and the word of God, we'll bring, we'll bring Joel Osteen. We'll bring T.D. Jakes. We'll bring a Benny Hinn. We'll bring somebody of a higher level. It's musicians we bring. And it's a businessman, businessman who brings them. Where is the church? This thing we are doing, this is the first year. You'll see as we go along. You'll see. Practically, you'll see. <laughs> you see practically. <laughs> yeah. A time will come, registration will be 5,000. It will be 10,000. I'm warning you. It will be 20,000. Because we have to buy a plane ticket for somebody to come. We have to pay for the person's hotel bill. We have to give the person honorarium. $5,000 can't do that. You should know. If we don't do that, we can never bring people of a certain stature, caliber into the country. And remember, when they come, their ministries bless the whole country. It affects, it's power. The higher the the person and where they stand, the authority they have, the more influence and the more impartation they leave behind when they come to a country. They release power in the atmosphere. The demons have closed the atmosphere. No main preacher is coming. By the grace of God, we'll Oh, Amplify Ministry Conference, you wait. By the grace of God, as God's presence life, we'll get international ministers. We'll get them from medium size to large, extra large, double extra, triple extra, and oversize. <laughs> They'll come right here in canal number two. Yeah. So help us God. We will gather money and do it. I'm telling you. By the time when it rains, we'll have the mess we have here. You'll be walking on the streets of stones. <laughs> it's a big project. Uh, we don't have oil, so it's taking a lot of time to do that. <laughs> we have grass and banana. We have right here. Amen. So get a copy of this book. It will bless you. Christopher, you're quiet. Why? <laughs> Chris, I'm... Uh, um, I'm disappointed you are quiet. <laughs> He's listening. Good. <laughs> All right. So we're looking at sacrifice. You are seeing that sacrifice is sacrifice releases power, isn't it? The church doesn't have power. And if we're going to have power, we need to get into sacrificing. I want to go into another topic around sacrifice, which is the enemies of sacrifice. The enemies of sacrifice. The enemies of sacrifice. 
enemies of sacrifice. One thing you have to understand is that as for sacrifice, there's always an enemy, the devil or whatever it is, to stop you. There's always the edge, the force, the pressure to stop you from sacrificing. It is always going to be there. And there are, there are enemies to your sacrifice. When Jesus came, he said he was going to die. Peter said, you will not die. Jesus said, Peter, shut your mouth. I must die. It was an en- enemy. Enemy. So, because sacrifice has the, the ability to release power, there is always an enemy to prevent you from getting the power. Look at, look at, look at the, the, the temptation on the mount. The process that was discussed and approved from heaven was that Jesus should come, be born of the virgin, he must live, he must die, and resurrect. So the devil met him on the mount. And he said, you know what, Jesus? Why do you want to stress yourself? Why do you want to live 33 years and do all them things that your father told you to do? It's not necessary. You want to save the world? The world is for me. Let's make a deal. Let's make a deal. I promise you, Jesus, my name is Satan, but I have a good deal for you. Then Jesus said, what is your deal? He said, just bow down to me. And I'll give you everything you are seeing. He was trying to prevent him from the beating, the spitting on him, the lashes, the crown of thorns, the pain, the, the thirst that he had, that he couldn't get water to drink, the accusations, the movement between Pilate and Caesar and Pilate and Caesar and Pilate and Caesar, the, 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 the release, the judgment of between him and Barabbas, that he was, he was, Barabbas was preferred against him. Oh, sister said, man, you ain't got to go through all of that. Why? I got a shortcut for you. Isn't that the world you want? I own the world. I'll give the world to you. Because Adam gave the world to Satan. He gave it to him. God gave us dominion over the earth. And Adam submitted to the devil and gave his power, what he had, to the devil. So when the devil told Jesus, the world belongs to me and I can give it to you, Jesus didn't say that you are lying. He said that there's only one person you bow, you bow to. He didn't say, excuse me, have you forgotten? It's not for you. Jesus didn't address it because... Jesus knew that was the truth. Yeah. But Jesus said, no, 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 no. I will not escape this way of dying. I mean, if you were Jesus, I think it's easier. Satan, you know what? For one time in your life, you are telling the truth. Because <laughs> the Lord is the father of lies, isn't it? John 8, 24. For once in your life, I can testify that you are telling the truth. All right, um, good. Okay, so what? Go down, just go down, no problem. You go down, and that's it. 
That's it. The going down, the kneeling down has given you some, has taken you away from something that would have helped you in your ministry. Compromising. The first enemy is the Antichrist. Anti-God. Daniel chapter 8 verse 12. Anti-God, anti-sacrifice, anti-sacrifice, anti there's nothing that is against Christ. The first enemy is the Antichrist. <laughs> yeah. And an host was given him against, against, against the daily sacrifice. Joey, are you there? Against the daily, there's scriptures on the screen. Watch this. Against the daily sacrifice. <laughs> it's, it's bigger. The, the font is bigger on the screen than on your phone. Uh, you strain your eyes, you. <laughs> and host was given him against the daily sacrifice by reason of transgression and it cast down the truth to the ground and it practiced and prospered. This is Daniel speaking about the Antichrist. One of the major things the Antichrist is going to do when it comes is to stop the daily sacrifice. You see, when the vaccine came, people were saying that the vaccine is Antichrist. I don't know which Bible they read. I am fully vaccinated. I just don't want the booster. I think I'm boosted by the Holy Ghost. <laughs> well, I'm fully vaccinated. Many people in the church are vaccinated. Now, as much as the vaccination is almost like a mark that you needed to go to a shop. Now, you see, there's something, there's a proverb, there's a proverb. In, 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 in my tribe in Ghana, it says that whatever boils will cool off. No matter how much and how hot it boils, a time will come, it won't boil forever, it will cool off, it will cool down. Nothing, they say no condition is permanent. So that's why when you, when you, when you get into a situation, don't, don't be so worried. A time is coming. The situation won't be there. Yeah, yeah, there's always light at the end of the tunnel. After the rain, the sun will shine again. You have to look towards that day and be hopeful. You should be encouraged. Christopher, are you encouraged? <laughs> and so this vaccine, vaccine, what is Omicron, whatever, Pfizer, Johnson & Johnson, Moderna, uh, Sputnik, all kind of thing. We have it in our system. But now you don't even need it. Those early days when you go to hardware stores, people ask you, now when you go, they don't ask you, they want money. <laughs> 
It's money that one. Some, some people ask me, you, you vaccinated? I said, yes, okay, all right, galang, galang. They want their money. They don't want that nonsense that you bring, the thing you bring in money is like a vaccination. So there's nothing that will stay at its peak forever. That's why God led Joseph to help Pharaoh in a season where they were going to have seven uh, uh, plenty years and seven years of famine. Because you can't live in abundance for the rest of your life. You, you don't stay at your youthful and your active stage for the rest of your life. A time will come, you'll be surprised people have to carry you to your car. <laughs> yes. You'll be surprised. You'll say, hey, that's why people who don't expect it, they go into depression. Say, Is this me? No, leave me, I can walk. And then when you take a step, you say, that's no man, you will not have granny, you can't walk. So man, I can walk. You can't walk. You are fighting nature and, and, and the fact that you can't be active all the time. So the Antichrist can never be the vaccine. As much as you need a vaccination card to travel, it does not tell us that we should stop the daily sacrifice. And that is, that is, the, that is the cardinal sign of the manifestation of the Antichrist. Going to a supermarket. Now you can go to a supermarket. Oh, the bees, they put something in your hand and you go around. It was in the heat of it that they were saying, but they can't handle it for a long time because they lose money. And this world is run on money and nobody wants to lose money. So all those who say it's Antichrist, Antichrist, I don't know what Bible they read. Maybe it's the Quran they read. Or Gita, the Bangalore Gita. One of the main things that Antichrist will do will give you an option to serve God or not with consequences. And so he will fight the daily sacrifice. You know, when um, the temple, Solomon's temple was, was, was built, there was something instituted even before then called the daily sacrifice. Or something that God required and so, for the Antichrist to rise up and stop the daily sacrifice. Remember, sacrifice is what releases power. It is sacrifice that does something to you that prison cannot do. That's what I'm saying. If the government knows that we are the ones who can close down the prison, they would give us money to preach. Because a sermon can change the life of somebody who has been killing people for a long time. And he will stop killing people. It's only the sacrifice that stops that. Not correction in the jail. Not locking them out. Mazaruni. Incarceration for years. Life in prison. It does not fix the problem. What fixes the problem is what is, was done on the cross of Calvary. That is what saves. That is what changes. The preaching of the cross is to them that are perishing foolishness. But to us that are saved, it is the power of God. It is that which makes somebody who is a rapist, that person gets converted without medication and injection. And it is that same sacrifice, the Antichrist, when he comes, one of his main things he will do is that he will put a stop to sacrifice. So watch it when you are being prevented to give up something that you, don't, you, you want to give or you don't want to give. Including the money that is in your pocket. 
It is the Antichrist who will stop us from sacrificing. Daniel chapter 11 verse 31. Daniel chapter 11 verse 31. You can't take two days off to come for the conference. You say it's your boss. Your boss? Your boss? I see. Have you forgotten about the big boss who can kill you? you forgotten about him? He can say, this is the end of the oxygen I'm giving you. This is your last oxygen you are breathing. He's a bigger boss. You better think about him than that your boss who gives you some few dollars in a certain ladder that you are, you are afraid of. Don't let the oxygen boss take his oxygen away from you. And arms shall stand on his part. And they shall pollute the sanctuary of strength. And shall take away the daily sacrifice. And they shall place the abomination that maketh desolate. This actually happened practically. There was a, 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 a king called uh, Epiphanes, Antiochus Epiphanes, in the early uh, uh, days, who, when they captured Jerusalem, they stopped the daily sacrifice practically, and they started sacrificing pigs. They rather were killing pigs on the altar of so the temple, the altar that God had instructed that the daily sacrifice should be sacrificed. They stopped that, and they started offering, uh, 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 offering pigs. And remember pigs and there's no uh, uh, um, uh, pork in Israel. The Jews don't eat pork. Because the Leviticus says that the one that the hoof is whatever, whatever, you don't eat it. Up to the Jews don't eat pork. And so Epiphanes Antiochus, one of the, of the Roman guys, he stopped the sacrifice that the Jews were sacrificing when they conquered Jerusalem. And he instituted pigs to be sac- sacrificed on the altar. That's what he says. And they shall place the abomination that maketh desolate. Watch it. Power is, you are being denied of power as you don't want to sacrifice. Yes. You want power? Give up something. Don't let anybody speak to you. There's a gentleman who, who was sent into seminary and um, his mother says he can't go. He was, he was, I think was 17 years then. Some guy who was struggling in one of the beautiful neighborhoods of Georgetown. I went to see his mother. Sophia, to be specific. I went to see his mother. And I said, Mom, your boy says he believes he's called by God. And he wants to be trained to become a pastor. And I'm offering to pay his ticket airfare for him to go to West Africa to become what he wants to become. My, the founder of our church has a facility there he gives our church members scholarship, accommodation, tuition. It's free. All you have to do is this pocket money and then what? Medical, then what? Some few things. The woman said, No. 
So I said, are you aware that he smokes weed? Bye. You smoke weed? I said, I didn't say ask him. I'm his pastor. He told me that he smokes weed. He gave his life to Christ and he has stopped. Why are you tell me nothing? You tell me nothing here? You, you smoke, you don't tell me nothing. I said, I, I, I didn't come to complain about him. I'm just trying to help you reason that if God has been able to take him away from weed smoking and the guy wants to become a priest, why don't you, a woman with a boy child in Sofia? <laughs> yeah. Go to this world-class premium university standard Bible school. <laughs> you have the video. Oh, the ALB. Number one. That's where all these guys went to. They went to Anakazo Bible Seminary. You want to go again? You say in the secret room. If you have more, I'll, be, I'll appreciate it. Yeah, Pastor Calvin was sitting. The woman said no. I said, okay. So I'm Sophia to prestigious Anakazo Bible School. The mother from Sophia. You should see the house I entered. I went with Lady Pastor Karen. Where's Karen? Lady Pastor, you, you went with me? We went, the three of us went. When we got there, Lady Pastor Karen said, I was reverend there, right? He said, Reverend, don't come. Hold on. Karen went to take a broom and swept the woman's house. Before he said, Rev, please, now you can come. That is, that is part, not all. Part of the Bible school. The extreme left, that's the, this here, is where I got consecrated. That's a great hall. You were there. Is there a video? Play it. Let's see. How many minutes? Yeah. Yeah. That's just a part of it. That's the dean of the school. Bishop Kwame Ousu. And honor you can have in your life is to be called by God to serve him. Just like after the Apostle Paul received his call and commission from the Lord on the road to Damascus, he had to go to Arabia to be trained there for three years. And Akaza Bible and Ministry Training Center offers you the opportunity to be trained under the auspices of Bishop Dag Hewitt Mills, who is also the Chancellor of this great institution. Whether you are an apostle, a prophet, an evangelist, a pastor, or a teacher, Anakaza equips you with the relevant knowledge and materials that you need to fulfill your ministry. My only advice to you is that when you hear the voice of God calling you into ministry, don't waste time. The door will not be open forever. Don't walk. Run. Join us at the Anakazo Bible and Ministry Training Center and learn how to work for the Lord. Wow. We are Anakazo. Do you have that one? If you have that, you have it? Give it to the ladies. We'll, we'll play it just now. So this is, this is, 
This is where I was telling it. I said, Lady Pastor, you have, we have an Akazo. When you have it ready, let me know. <laughs> you went to Kalegora. They're jealous, right? Those who are jealous, they are jealous. But, but you got some wild training than these Mambo people. Oh. <laughs> you got the best of both worlds. Both worlds yeah. <laughs> so Lady Pesakara knew the house. And, and Sophia has nice houses, but you also have some bad houses. And this house was a bad house. So she was saving the woman her face by saying, you know what? I don't want Bishop to come into this mess. She was even sleeping. So she went into the house, took a broom, and swept the living area where we were going to sit. Yes. Before, she said, okay, Reverend, now you can come in. He said he was with me. So we went to sit down. The woman was sleeping and she came. I tried to persuade her to let the boy go to Bible school. She said no. So, he needed a passport. He was 17, he needed a passport. The mother says, no, he's not going anywhere. We were willing to buy the boy's ticket for him. Because that was the time when we did barbecue of what? Was it the 12,000 tickets then? That was the barbecue we printed 12,000 tickets. We sold about 8,000 tickets. Our first major barbecue to send 19 people to Bible school. Three days barbecue. It was Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, even the week after. Kirisha, you came for that barbecue. Yes, she came around. Just because of the chicken she came. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he said he needed a passport. And because of some experiences I had, I said, okay, where's your father? He said, he's there. I said, why don't you go to your father and see if he'll get a passport for you? So he went to his father, he explained to his father, I said, Mommy, got no problem. If that's what you want to do, I want you, you got to do that. Fathers are nice, though. <laughs> so the father organized for him, took him to the passport office and got him a passport. The boy said he would go to Ghana. I said, are you sure? He said, yes. I said, Mommy, he said, no problem. I said, it's true. Mommy, don't worry, Mommy. Daddy said go. So that is the head. He says go. Mommy, rest yourself. The day they left Guyana was his mother's birthday. And the day before, he had asked the guy to buy something for her. So the woman was expecting what the guy was going to buy for her. The guy was in a plane going to Ghana. <laughs> and now, when they finished, he was like, whose classmate was that? Shaquille, you came back with 2020? 2019, 2020, depending on when the ticket was available, right? But you finished 2019 or 2018. You finished 2018. When he finished, he said he doesn't want to come back. And now, the parents, they can't do anything. They are happy with him. Look at how the, the grandmother say, pray for we, must pray for we. I say, if hey, people are somewhere, oh. The mother didn't like, the mother even doesn't talk to Karen, doesn't talk to Karen again. But go and look at the boy. If you see his picture, 
nice boy. You would have been in, in, in Sofia. <laughs> you have been in Sofia. Suffering. <laughs> if you see him, you see how nice he has become. So as for sacrifice, it, if, you, if his mother knew what it was, she won't fight him. It's the devil, antichrist, who will enter the mother and fight against sacrificing young people for the preaching of the gospel. Play it. You have it? What we are at How long is it? Hey, Maxwell. All right. The next enemy of... Yeah. I want me food hot, you know. Is it buffering? Uh, okay, we, we've, we've seen enough. So, so one of the things that I want to even promote is the pastors who have young people who believe they are called. We can help them to go to this Bible school for three years. When they come back, you, you, they will surprise you. My boys in Letham, they went to Anakazo, three of them, where are they? Yeah, they in Letham. It's only young people who can do these things. They ain't got nothing for worry about. They just take bag and they gone. Yeah, it's young people who we can believe to do things. If they start early, they will make it at a point in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Because if you look at it, we have problems with our young people. We are always complaining about the young people. It's because we are not engaging them properly. So at the age of 17, I allow the guy to go. He's now a pastor. He says he won't come back. He's fighting for comeback because he doesn't want to come back to Sofia. 
<laughs> I said, no problem. If you like Ghana, it's good. He said, I left there to come here. You, you go for three years. You don't want to come back? All right. <laughs> Young people, they'll find some nice girls. They'll marry them. I hope they don't give them trouble. And then they'll do ministry, churches, let them, uh, Tabachinga, Bonfim, all the places, the suburbs, churches, Amerindian community. It will go to Kumu Falls. Beautiful area. They have to start now. They are 20s. You give them another 10 years, you see that they will mature. Because anything you want to do in your life, you, start, you have to start early. Especially if you are conscious. You see, some of us, we were bad. And then in our old age, God saved us. That, that's the Sophia guy. This is a guy whose mother's living room, was it living room or was it space? Some space or some chairs that when you sit inside, you are going down like that. In Sophia. Yeah. And then my, my pastor had to save her from disgrace by sweeping the place before I went inside. This is his boy. Do you have a picture of before and after? You have it? Look at him. Smoking weed in Sofia. Yeah. Now he's a man of God in Ghana. He's a pastor in Ghana. He says he's never come back to Sofia. <laughs> Ghana, my beloved country. He's adopting the Ghana nationality. And this one, he's going back. He came for three months. He said he was he going back. He has problems. He's going back to Ghana. When he came back from Bible school, he says his mother says he should sleep on the floor. He said, Mommy, I'm a man of God. He said, You're a boy of God. Sleep down here. <laughs> yeah. When kid came from a Bible school, his auntie said, Take the broom, sweep the yard. Because when they go, the environment they get, you feel so nice as a man of God. So when they transition into a system where they are not respected, it works on their psyche and they get confused. Many of them that have lost, it was because of the transition. They come and their families don't see them as anything. So most of them, when they come, they don't want to go home. They stay around the church. Joshua, where's Josh? Josh is, is, is learning, uh, learning surveying at GTI. He stays in the church in Georgetown, isn't it? Because if you are home, mommy will say, go and put on the rice. <laughs> Not that he can't put on the rice. All right? Where mommy there? I saw mommy there. She didn't come. It's not that like you can't put on the rice, but if I'm a man of God, at least I need some little respect. But when they come back, the Guyanese society does not respect them. Yeah, no, they send them all around. All around. Andre, where's Andre? Andre. Yeah. Andre, big uncle. <laughs> <laughs> Andre is a man in charge of this compound. Yeah, he, he, he lives in farm. He's a boat builder. He used to build boats in Perica before he received the call of God and went to Ghana for three years. When he came back, he said he won't go to his family. He will stay here in the church. And he's been living here. He's the one taking care of almost everything around him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is it nice? 
Yeah, this guy, Superbet was his home. He used to go Superbet. Quincy. <laughs> where is his wife? She is where are you? Is that Drusilla? Okay, that's where you are at the back. All right. Yeah, Superbet was his home. When you wake up in the morning, he eat breakfast there. You had, you had some shares in Superbet. So his wife was the one who was doing area fellowships, home sales, and she was very successful. And she, the, the wife went to UG, finished uh, sociology, or social something in UG. So I said, public management. Oh, the management of public things. Okay. So I asked her if she wants to go to Bible. She said, yes. I said, what am I <laughs> he said, you know, he won't go. All right. So he organized a ticket for her to go. And look at this boy. I said, this boy? <laughs> you should send it to him. <laughs> That is Sophia and Accra. <laughs> it looks like an Obia man right there. <laughs> Look. Can, can you believe the transformation? You should send it to him on WhatsApp. I tagging his name in the conference. He's online. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we sent Shiniza. And they, they were just married for what? Less than a year. Less than a year. Yeah, less than a year. So one day I was in church and then somebody came. Or oh, is it you who came? Your iPad story. Was it somebody? Somebody had your he came crying. He was crying. He was crying. <laughs> Papa G. <laughs> yeah. The problems this guy used to bring. So we sent his wife. And I said, man. If I left this by here, so it's trouble. It's trouble. <laughs> so I said, you know what? That is the one I want to see as a pastor to do ministry. He let you galang. Let you just go and just spend vacation. I didn't have any intentions to send him to Bible school. And he went with his wife. I'm surprised what he has become today. It's just a miracle that God has done today. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. He impregnated his wife in the Bible school. Two times. <laughs> when he was supposed to be praying and fasting, he's in the room doing things. 
His wife got pregnant, gave birth to a baby girl. And she was, she, she was finished with the program. She was supposed to come. But we decided, no, she should just stay there and release the tension. <laughs> because there's Superbet in Ghana too. <laughs> I met. And then they came together as a married couple. Two beautiful girls. They are in the Sukubo now doing ministry right there. God is a good girl. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. But it's not easy to take these steps. There was a young lady who, Apostle, when I say Lyndon is cursed, I believe what God told me about the curse. All my pastors in Lyndon, all the people I sent from Lyndon to the Bible school, they are all funny people, except Shatman. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. And Talmud. <laughs> Shatman and Talmud. <laughs> yeah. And these guys, it's because they are around, because I sent Shatman to Lyndon. I said, you know what? You're a Lyndon man, so you know the demons will go kill them for us. So I sent him to Lyndon to go and kill the demons. He got a nice job, he got an apartment for free, and all of that. But this boy ain't got time for no church. He's worked from morning to night. You can't see him anyway. One day God spoke to me. He said, go and tell him to come back to Georgetown. Otherwise, you lose him. I sat in my vehicle. I drove. I told him he should meet me at Watuka. Watuka Club. Is it a club? Yeah. And he came and he met me. We sat down. We had lunch. I said, brother, I want you to resign from your job. Pack your bags. Come back to Georgetown. I don't want you here in London anymore. I almost lost him. He didn't have time for anything. Nothing for ministry. Nothing. And he was a little stubborn, but I think within a month or so, he managed to come. When he came, almost like the job he had, he got the same kind of job. And he was saved. Then the tall man is a crying evangelist. <laughs> Jimmy Swaggart <laughs> Lamentations When he came back From Ghana He said Bishop I just want to go and spend Some two days with my mother And then I'll say bye bye to her For the rest of my life I said what? He said yeah that's what He said I told her that She should not expect that She'll be seeing me it takes a certain sacrifice to really make it. And God be so good. Talman's mother is such a sweet mother. She's a part of our church in Wisma. She's very supportive. She's very nice. Oh, nice woman. So he came. He was around here. George down here with me helping. And then when we got the opening in Letham, I said, the three of you are go. Including coming to America part two, Akim. <laughs> I send them there. It is leaving that environment that I know will help them to survive. But Linden, Linden is a dark place. I'm telling you, if only you know. I tell you. I tell you. The demons have the place under control. Look at what we are talking about. These guys, he, he's from Sophia too. He's also from Sophia. Yeah, Kenrick's trip. He's from whether north, south, or east or west, it's Sophia. 
Isso é Isso é Isso é When you went to Bible school, it was, it was simple. Okay, now everybody sit down. Let me see those groups. Come, come for that uh, 2017 people. Come. Where are you? 2017, the pastors. Come. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Are you? Papa, we have spoken about your story already. Good. Huh? Come on. Bro. Chris, you want to come? I'll tell your story if you come. If you like, you can sit down too. Uncle. Big uncle. <laughs> Roommate, your roommate wants you here. You're gone away from me. <laughs> Somebody's smiling, Andre. Somebody's Them, ladies and gentlemen, these were guys. Andre used to build boats, he used to earn a lot of money, but he used to waste his money. Waste money. How many children you got, even though you're not married? How many children you got? 224 children. <laughs> he has several child mothers. Yeah. Young boys. Don't they look? Don't they look? Don't they look proper? They look proper. Yeah. And that's what God is able to do. But it's a sacrifice. Shaq, are you seeing it? You see your future? Yeah. He's from Burbies. Yeah. He... Not Burbies. <laughs> He says, God has called you, you want to be a pastor. Yeah, these guys, we sent them in 2017. Yeah. I, I only sent boys. I said, them girls, they upon stupidness. Yeah. That guy, that lady, when we were sending her, we had to go through a lot of pressure. One of my church members even had to keep her in, in her house for a while. Her family had a family meeting against her going to Bible school. When she came back from Bible school, she has not shown up anywhere after today. Upon arrival, that was the, that was the thing. The only girl at a point. We wasted our money and our resources. But this guy came back. And I told this guy, you stay with me. You build boat right here. <laughs> build some boat right here in the cathedral. And then he... He didn't come early. He, he, he stayed one year longer. Because his, his ears is a little hard. <laughs> yeah. So one, two, three, they came. You came first. You, you. You got how many dismissal letters? Four or six? Four or six? Six, seven. You got seven dismissal letters. <laughs> the whole school got it for you. The whole school was called to, for him. Seven dismissal letters. 
or warning letters? How many? Four or six? Four warning letters, one dismissal. So five. When I told them to raise money to buy their ticket, which is, which is about 2,000, 2,500 US dollars then, which is let's say about 400,000, all the money he got was 63,000. When he came to us, I said, 63,000 can take you to Ghana, but you did for stupidness. 63 beach. And then when he went, he did for stupidness and he was dismissed. He said, now he had me on now. He said, he, he, he thinking straight now. He, he is open. Oh, okay, he is open. <laughs> because they are young people, so sometimes you have these kind of problems. You get it? But we can't throw him away because you never know what God is going to do with him. What do you think about that? Yeah, we can't throw him away at all. Yeah. And recently, he's bring, he, he was getting high fever, so he's bringing things from high fever. He said, God is leading him to south, the south of Guyana. Not the north. He wants to go to the south. Uh, why don't you go with Daniel back to Ghana? Why is God not leading you to Ghana? <laughs> and they are so helpful. They're so helpful. Yeah. And the girls like them, no, the girls mad for them, I tell you. Yeah. <laughs> the girls like them mad. <laughs> We don't want to show DPs here now. We'll show some DPs. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, are we not looking for men in our churches? The church is full of girls and women. Is it not men we're looking for? This should tell you that there's some grace around here. Yeah. One day, a pastor came to preach in our church. And he asked me, what is your strategy? I was wondering what he meant by it. He said, you have a lot of young people. What are you using? I said, there's a drink I drink. It's called the Holy Ghost drink. <laughs> Two pastors have asked me in Georgetown, what is my, because people think that it is by strategy you get people. It is by power. It's by the Holy Ghost power. It's anointing that attracts people to you. And you have to pay a price for the anointing to come upon you. You need to pay a price. Yeah. Nice. May you get women who love you and not give you trouble. Amen. Hey, are you saying amen? Okay, amen. <laughs> nice guys. You know what? If if we were in Africa, their parents they will bring me goat and cattle and cow. They bring me the cow with a with hump. Yeah. Yeah. They'll say, they say, man of God. Oh, man of God. Oh, what can we do for you? Man of God, please, we have three, three goats for you. For what you have done for me, son. Guyana, the, the people are not impressed at all. <laughs> they, they are not impressed at all. They don't value it. It doesn't make any difference to them. If you see their church in Letham, you have the, the picture of their church in Letham? 
they brought, they brought, yeah, they have church members sitting right there. Yeah, they brought five people from Letham to the trail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, they are church. Yeah. Andre is the one who did this with Papi. He, he was also dismissed. Come, come. He was also dismissed. He to come. Stand there. <laughs> the Bokman, he was dismissed. Stand there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All this is the land to Shirt and pants. That was not how they dress. Oh, oh, that's not how they dress. Oh. You see the Obia man, when we show the Obia man. <laughs> that's Pastor Kenrick. He's a, he's a boss. He's a man of God. You are the prophet, who's the evangelist, and who's the, who's the preacher. <laughs> that's your church in Letham, in Tabachinga. Tabachinga. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah, from Sofia. North Sofia. Preaching in a suit and tie from Sofia. Yeah. Yeah, from Obiaman to preacher. <laughs> yeah. This is what the devil doesn't like. And if only you know the problems have been through. We have so far about 47 people we have sent and come back. They are all in about 47. Those who became pastors, those who didn't become pastors, about 47 people times $2,000. Check it and see. Yeah, 2,000 US. That's what, 80 what? 90. 94. 94,000 US dollars. Yeah. 94,000 US dollars. On so far, all the people we have for this period, for the time I've been here, we've sent to Ghana and come out. Minus food. Uh, um, immigration, double ticket. Some people we bought double ticket. You, yeah, two thousand only send you. You have to pay to come back. I've forgotten about that. Two thousand to go, two thousand to come. So that's four thousand by forty-seven people. You tell me that I don't have the spirit you have. It's zombie spirit you have. It's zombie spirit you have. If you've ever seen uh, 10,000 US dollars before, Motia is disturbing you. <laughs> yeah. And he's married now. He's, he's a pastor in Suriname. He came because of the pandemic. He came to marry. Where are you? Yeah. He hugging up and kissing up. When he's talking, he said, my wife, my wife. He said, but come on, is it my wife? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you, you, you were born here. I came in here. A guy like this, wound, is, how old are you? I'm 24. 24. With wife? A preacher? It's not common. From Georgetown. Not, not from the interior. From Georgetown. Also Sophia. Also from Sophia. Scheme or Sophia? Both. Half half. Half half. Scheme and Sophia. That's wild though. That's a wild blood. Scheme and Sophia. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, that's the Suriname church before the pandemic. And he's not even appointed a pastor yet. So can you imagine when he's appointed a pastor? 
So the girls who are going to go into their lives, you have to be very, don't take the disrespect that the society offers. You should respect them. Yeah, nice guys. Yeah, men and women. America, that's coming to America part two. Akeem. You know, yeah. Akeem. He's a dancing star. Yeah, he's an evangelist. The preacher, the crying evangelist. Just getting some beer. Whoa, okay. <laughs> Jimmy saw that. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it beautiful? This is what the devil does not like. The devil does not want this. I'm telling you, he doesn't want this. He doesn't want But we are going to send more. We are going to send more. We are going to send more. I said we are going to send more. Yeah. Yeah, go. yeah we keep sending. The girls, I'm not sure, but we will send more boys. And when they come, they marry the girls. What do you think? Beautiful. Why don't you put your hands together for them? Wow. <clears throat> Enemies of sacrifice. What's number one? The Antichrist. What's number two? You're waiting. Judas is the second enemy of sacrifice. Judas is the second enemy of sacrifice. There are people with the spirit of Judas. They don't want you to sacrifice. In the gospel according to St. John, chapter 12, we'll read from verse 1. St. John, chapter 12, verse 1. John, chapter 12, Verse 1. Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany. Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was which had been dead whom he raised from the dead there they made him a supper and Martha saved or Martha saved but Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard very costly and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair and the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Are you with me? And then what does he go on to say? Then said one of his disciples Judas Iscariot Simon's son which should betray him. Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag 
and bear what was put therein. Bishop Craig, you are welcome to our beautiful city. Wow, beautiful. <laughs> so the second enemy is the people who act like Judas Iscariot. They are enemies to sacrifice which releases power. And so Judas, we see this case of Judas when the woman was doing something glorious for Christ. He said, you don't have a lot of people giving their all to a man of God. It's not common. It is not common. One, one day, was it, was it, was, I don't know what it was. It was a Sunday or was some birthday, something. One of my church members came and gave me an envelope. I said, God bless you. I went to my office and I went to sort myself out. When I settled, then I opened the envelope. $1,000. When I look at the church member, how big he is, I said, this guy is disrespectful. I called my personal assistant. I said, tell this boy he should never do that again. I even, was it you also? Was it you? Was Gigi? Ah, okay, okay. I said, I said, I told G, G go and tell that guy. He should never put $1,000 in an envelope and give me. If you don't have, don't give. If you have, don't give. If you want to give, give well. I'm not talking about a 14-year-old child. I have a young girl who gives me an offering every Sunday. It's just $1,000. Every Sunday, but when I go to my office, I'll see the envelope right there with my, my name on it. $1,000 every Sunday. I understand because it's a little girl. And she has been doing it for over a year. Every Sunday, the girl gives me $1,000. Even if I don't see it on a Sunday, you see Monday, Tuesday, you see somebody who bring it. When I go to the office, it's lying on my desk. I understand it. It's a little girl. When she becomes big, she can bring 1000 again. So there was a big boy. I told Gerald, I said, tell that guy he's disrespectful. He shouldn't bring me $1,000 again. People don't give ministers things that are precious. People don't do that. People don't do that. Because there's always some spirit, some voice, something that is telling you not to give the pastor or the church anything precious. Judas Iscariot and people who have a spirit are people who fight the church and Christians from sacrificing. Right there. Judas Iscariot. Simon's son, we should betray him. Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? Why? Why? Do you think, the Bible says, do you think he thought about the poor people? I know people who have seen people's tithe cards in our church because in our church we have cards. So when you pay tithe, you write your name inside. When you pay tithe, you write your name and the amount, and we give it back to you. So you have a record of what you're paying. I've seen people whose husbands have seen their tithe card. They say, what? Is that the money you're giving to the church? So people have to hide their tithe cards from their spouses. Because once they see the 10%, they see that the money, they're giving the money to me. People fight their wives. Why do you respect the bishop more than me? Because I'm anointed, that's why. Use a, use a talk, that's why. 
Why do you want to bring something like that up? Because anytime something of worth is given to a man of God, there's always resistance. There's always a resistance. For all the years I've been around, I saw, I said, there's one man of God that I've, you know, I, I, I see him most of the time. The first time I saw him in the car he was driving, I was ashamed. Because he was, you know, he was in charge of a lot of churches around. When I saw his car, I said, this, all the people in the church, they don't understand God. No, there's nobody who is an overseer of churches who doesn't drive a big car. It comes with a status. Once upon a time, I met a, um, a Ghanaian apostle who had a branch here. He came and um, the pastor called me because, you know, I, I was also born in Ghana. And we met. And then he was telling me, when the, when the pastor, you know, moved a bit, I think he was going to sort something out. The apostle started talking to me in our local language. That he's angry with the pastor. So I said, oh, what's happening? He says, we send him money to buy a four-wheel drive. He has gone to buy a bus and a ram. Saying that he'd rather need a bus to bring people to church and he would drive the ram. When they have sent him money from abroad for him to be like, you know, it's like he's our national Guyanese ambassador. So he has to drive a decent car so that when people see him, he's presentable. The man went to buy a ram. You know ram? Little bit car, goat ram. People don't give things to a man of God. People don't celebrate men of God. I have preached and taught in this church. My birthday, I am sitting down waiting for a list of money donors. donors. I, uh, on my birthday, Pastor Sam, on my birthday, I have a list. All the church members. I said, how much did he give? How much did he give? How much? Everybody must give something. Otherwise, go to another church. Go, bye-bye, go. I can't preach for... For, I can't preach to you for one year. I've been preaching for 16 years to you. Some of you 10 years. Some of you 5 years. Some of you 2 years. And then when it's my birthday, you got nothing for give? I, I know I can't teach them much. So I don't leave it to them. I tell, where's the list? Bring it. As anybody who, you, who is not giving the money, tell me their name. When I'm preaching, I'll mention their name. It's apostolic work we are doing. We are laying a foundation. And I can't, I can't be timid. I can't be afraid of people to correct them. I can't. Paul said, by the grace that God has given to me as a master builder. Apostolic work. You have to learn to appreciate your pastor at, on his, at least on his body. At least. At least. So my bed is a very interesting season where I look to correct my church. And I say, I won't disclose to you the amount I get now. If I continue to be faithful to God in the future, you see that my bed offering alone will be to the roof. Ned, it's real. I make sure that they make sure that everybody gives an offering to me on my birthday. Because in our system here in Guyana, people don't give ministers anything. 
afraid to. We can't even talk to our church like this. We are afraid. Because you are afraid they will tell you, you dip on money. It's stupidness you dip on. You dip on stupidness. It's money we used to do everything. Maybe children, you spend money on them. Dogs you spend money on. You buy dog food for your dog. How much are the man of God over your life? We telling him money? The mind is not working properly. So at least your pastor's birthday, you should honor him. Don't let the spirit of Judas come. You see, sometimes I heard something, I think the last birthday they told everybody you should bring a particular amount and I heard some people were, were murmuring. What? I said, who is that? Tell me the person's name. It is the spirit of Judas that does not allow the man of God to be honored. If it was left to the spirit of Judas, men of God wouldn't do well. I said, I am, I am building, I build, I'm building a house now after so many years. If I was in Ghana, the house would be finished by church members. I won't spend money. Once they know that the bishop is building a house, child. You'll be there, you see that roof has come. You'll be there, you see that tiles have come. Because the church members who are business people, when they hear that you're building your house, they will, they will donate to the building of your house. <laughs> you know how many people have touched my, the project? When they do the world, it goes so. Yeah, the world goes so. All kinds of things. Yeah. You should, so you should learn it in Guyana. Yeah, you should, you should make sure that your, your pastor drives a good car. Yeah, if, you, if your pastor drives a bad car, when he gets an accident, you die quick. A good car is not luxurious, it's for safety. I need a car that can, I can drive to let him. Charlie, when you sit in the bus, it's not easy. Your botox, you have, to, you have to sit here for, for one hour, and then you sit here for another hour. You sit here for two hours, you sit here for another two hours. Yeah. Yeah. Shifting cultivation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I need a car that I can drive from here to Latin. Comfortable. If I can't get that, then this is not a church. This is Judas Iscariot. <laughs> I'm telling you. Yeah. The son of Simon. You are given a car based on the work you do. Car is not it's not like oh no, car is to work. It's, it's a that's a vehicle to work. It's a vehicle, it carries you. That's what the MPs have the cars they have. That's what the president has the car he has. It's the same way we, the church and the pastors and the bishops, should be honored. Unlike what Judas was trying to bring in. The savior of the world, just some small perfume on his feet. You have a problem against it. Huh. Now, as I was telling you, 47 people buy $4,000. Forty-four, one eighty-eight, $188,000. Over the years that I've been in Guyana, I have trained and invested plane tickets only. 47 people 
at $4,000 each. Now, do you think that if it's my birthday, they should bring me a Granger? Or an Ali? They should bring me an Ali? Or Janet? Me, I'm saying that I don't have any church member who privately gives me money and shut my mouth. I don't have anybody like that. Nobody controls what I say in the church I preach, I pastor. So I say anything, and it's a grace. It's a grace. And so our visiting pastors who are here, it's rather for you because I have trained them. I've trained them, yeah. Yeah, it's good training, yeah. They know what to do. They know. If they don't do it, they know what will happen. <laughs> but they know what to do. Yeah. And they are, they, are, they are slowly picking up. They are slowly picking it up. Slowly copying it. Slowly getting better. Slowly getting better. Yeah. And it's a blessing. So, honor a man of God. It's only the devil who will make you not honor a man of God. You see that in our society, people insult men of God. They say bad things about them. Yeah. In Georgetown, when I used to pastor in Georgetown, somebody called me anti-man. Yeah. <laughs> because when they see me and the boys around like that, they don't. So, so, so if you see me with girls, what are you going to say? If I'm anti-man, <laughs> God's man, girls man, girls man. Then they, some people are calling me Obiaman. Because people don't respect the oil upon people's lives. And so we should learn the enemy of sacrifice is Judas Iscariot. Number three, the final one. Satan. Satan himself. Satan himself. So the first enemy to um, sacrifice, and sacrifice is what releases power, and the church of God needs power. The church lacks a lot of power. We need the church to be revived again. So the number one is Antichrist. Number two is Judas Iscariot. Number three is Satan. Matthew chapter 16, verse 21. Matthew 16, 21. What does the Bible say? From that time forth, Jesus began to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Then Peter took him. Remember, it's Peter, right? And began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord. Be it far from thee, Lord. 
Epson or Maxa. Be it far from thee, Lord. This shall not be unto thee. You will not die. You can't die. But he turned and said unto him, Peter, get thee behind me. Satan. He turned and said unto Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me. For thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. So you see here that apart from the Antichrist that Daniel spoke about, apart from Judas that uh, uh, Mark or John spoke about, here you see Matthew talking about Peter when Jesus said he was going to die. Peter said no. And when Jesus was addressing Peter, he didn't say Peter, he said Satan. Because it is Satan who prevents us and prevents you from sacrificing. It's Satan. It's Satan. It's Satan. And as long as Satan is able to prevent us from sacrificing, the church will remain a powerless church. As, as long as Satan is able to prevent us from sacrificing, the church will become a powerless church as it is now. There's a lot, a lot of mouth. Guyana, we have a lot of mouth. Less action. I'm telling you. A lot of mouth. A lot of mouth. I'm telling you that. Let's see ministry. Then we can say, yes, you are anointed. Let's see ministry. Let's see ministry. Not, not titles. Not uh, degrees. Not, not, let's see practical ministry. And let's see ministry at its best. People sacrificing. People doing things. I don't know how many people can get three young boys and take them from their families and send them from Sofia to Guyana. Sofia is what? Is it Prague? Prague is it Czech Republic? Or Yugoslavia? One of them, the, the, the capital is Sofia. Yeah. Check it out. Three young boys. Yeah. Czech is Prague. And, and there's one that is Sofia. Or there's a town in one of those eastern countries called Sofia. Young boy. To go and spend the rest of their life in Latin. I visited them the other day. And I realized that they were living like they are visitors. That they are in school. Like there's another place they are going to go. So they are here for three years. I said, boy, you should buy TV. Watch flat screen TV. <laughs> because you are living right here to do church. <laughs> because the way I saw them living their life, it's like, Oh, we are in school. We are still students. We can't spend time developing ourselves. We are just here doing church, doing church. I said, no, you can't be here doing church, doing church. You have to prosper. Yeah, buy shoes, buy shirts. When you come back to Georgetown, you see that you're prospering. You dress up. Don't come back to Georgetown with shoes like alligator. Your mouth is open like that. When you come down, the shoe open like that. No. They say, look at how the bishop sent them to let them. Look at how poor, how suffering they are suffering. No. Yeah, punishing. No, 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 no. I said, no, you should dress up. Yeah, get nice form. Yeah, a lot of, there's a lot of uh, uh, dust in let them. Yeah. They used to walk while the police arrested them. Said, Who are these black boys, three black boys walking in the streets of let them at this time of the night? Because since they got there, they, they thought Letham is like Georgetown, it's like everywhere. So they are walking at night, going to visit some church members, or they were going at home from visiting some church members. The police stopped and picked them up. They said they are pastors. They said, what? Pastor, black boys like that. Pastors? What are you doing, Paul? 
three black men from Sofia, you are pastors. What are you talking about? They didn't believe them. So they, took, they asked them to take them to their home. And by the grace of God, when I went to let them, I found the house that they are staying in and I rented it for them. And so, you know, when I find something and, and, and I like it, it must have something inside. So one of the things that saved them was the type of house they were staying in. And then they had to show their ID card, their CXC certificate, all kinds of things. Because the people didn't believe. Because they said, you, you are talking, you are not Guyanese. You are not speaking like Guyanese. You know, when they come back, they don't want to speak Creolese. They want to speak English. When we are struggling to preach in Creolese, they don't want to come and speak English here. <laughs> yes, please. Yes, please. Everywhere, yes, please. <laughs> Bulgaria, capital of Bulgaria, Sofia, yeah. Mm-hmm. You should know your international geography. It's, it's so nice. It's only the devil who will not. So the devil captivates our young people and abuse and misuse them. Drugs, criminals, thieves, all kinds of we need and so so if you are the pastors if you have sons who want to become pastors i will really encourage you to give them to me let, let me send them to ghana for you yeah when we start the pk plus movement we encourage some pastors children who believe they want to be ministers to go to seminary not trinidad not america to africa 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 bible school it's different it's different it's different it's different. One of the things they learn, they learn every Monday, they pray from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. 12 hours of prayer. Yeah, they call it Gethsemane prayers. There's no Bible school that they will teach you to pray for 12 hours here in the Caribbean. You eat breakfast, scrambled eggs and big, big fish and salt, well, bake and salt fish. You drink co- coffee and then you say, praise the Lord, God is a good God. 12 hours at Bible school in the Caribbean, I've not seen one before yet. Porridge. Man of God bringing porridge in the morning. We train them in the school to pray for 12 hours. At, every Monday they pray for 12 hours. 6 to 6. You should come and see them hungry and walking around. We teach them to go to the prayer garden that has been created by our founder for them to stay there all night and pray like Jesus. I don't know how many of your members will come for all night prayer meeting. You see how we pray in Guyana? Have you seen how we pray in Guyana? That's why the church is not powerful. The, the way we pray in Guyana is joke. It's Amerindians have a certain beautiful culture of church church culture. Yeah, they do things they do things different. Americans do things different. If you go to an American church, if you go down south, I, mean, if, I want to even build a house down south. Yeah, yeah. So I'll go there for vacation. It's a beautiful place. The Americans are different. Oh yeah. When you go to their churches, everybody is singing. It's not that black people church where people sit down and people like me, 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 me leg hurting. I can't sit. I, that, that, that madness in churches around here in, in, in the north. 
it achieves. When you're doing praises, that's a prayer garden in Anakazu. When we, are, when we are praying, the people are sitting up, singing, people are sitting up. It's a judge time, disrespectful churches. You see those things. If you go to the Meridian areas, you go to Regenai, everybody is singing, everybody is dancing, everybody is into the praise. That, when you go there, it makes you remember Ghana, Ralph. You make you remember Ghana. In the same way, when we are praying, when we say we are, when we go in Africa, in Ghana, when we do prayer meeting, we don't give the microphone to somebody. And then the person comes and says, Yes, bless the Lord. We are praying for Guyana. Oh Lord, we commit Guyana to you. And the person prays for 10 minutes and he hands over the mic. No, 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 no. There's a, there's a false doctrine of speaking in tongues that the devil has used to capture the churches in Guyana. I spoke about baptism already. What we do and what it is done is that the Holy Ghost that God has given to us, it is our prayer language. So when we meet like this, everybody is speaking in tongues. I don't, come, I don't pass the microphone from pastor to pastor that we are praying for Guyana. No. All of us are speaking our spiritual language and ours we are praying to God for Guyana. That's how you can, that's how you can have all night prayer from 10 to 3 a.m. Five hours. Everybody's praying. It's not a prayer that you have come and I am praying. What are you doing here? Then stay home. Yeah. When, what, what happened recently? Something happened recently. Something happened recently. I think, I don't know when the, the virus situation and vaccination thing came up. I saw a picture on Facebook of some pastors who were having a prayer meeting somewhere. I, I just laughed. Pray for the country. Then somebody will come and hold the microphone. Yes, Lord. We pray for Guyana. And then every man of God, yes. Hallelujah. Amen. No, no, no. Why don't you also pray? It will be what we call corporate prayer. It will be something that not just one person is doing, but a lot of people are speaking the same time to the spiritual realm. When the Holy Ghost fell upon them, they all began to speak in tongues. They all began to speak in They all began to speak in tongues. Not one person. They all. And once you can release your church to speak in tongues, you can pray all night, which is also another form of sacrifice that will take the church forward. For the conference, I had two groups who did three days all night, three days all night. That was even less. They came here. They came all the way here. And they didn't, they prayed Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Wednesday night from 10 p.m. They prayed up to 3, 4 a.m. And they went to work. They came back Thursday, 10 p.m., praying till 3 or 4 a.m. They went to work. Friday night, the same thing. Then my pastors prayed Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night into Monday morning before the conference. And the prayer is not, one pastor said, Lord, we pray for the conference. Lord, bring down your glory for the conference. How long would that take? I hardly see Guyanese churches praying through the night. The maximum you do is midnight and you go and sleep. Let me tell you, those who even go to sea for fish, they go in the night and come in the morning. Those who even go for fish, they go in the night and come. How much more those who want to enter into the presence of God? You go and come back at midnight. You, are, you don't want anything, that's why. You are not serious for anything. The Bible says Jacob wrestled with an, an angel of, from the night to the morning. Till they break. And the angel said, it's time for me to go. He said, no. If you don't bless me, you're not going. There's a certain form of prayer that will do something that if we don't engage ourselves in sacrificial prayer, we will never see things in Guyana happening. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. 
Father, thank you for your grace over our lives. We live, O oh God, in your power and in your glory. Thank you for the ministries that we have received from the morning to the evening. The two wonderful ministers that, Lord, you have used to minister to us on top of it. We are filled and we are satisfied. Take us home. Give us good rest. Bring us back again tomorrow to complete whatever you started with us. I give you praise and I give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. We believe you have been blessed by the powerful teaching of God's word. For booking and more information on the ministry of Bishop Collins, please call us on 592-225-6760 or email us at shepherdhousegy at gmail.com. You can also log on to www.shepherdhouseinternational.org. God richly bless you.